Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hello Rebel, are you still waiting to optimize the website of yours to bring all the best leads to your new or old online home? Well, I have something to help you do just that. Hostinger is changing the game with their managed WordPress hosting. It's like having a dedicated WordPress butler handling all the nitty-gritty website business for you. Of course, I took Hostinger's managed WordPress for a spin, and it's a game changer. It's fast, it's secure, and loaded with premium features, all without the premium price tag. They got your back with updates, backups, and top-notch security, aka peace of mind. This is a performance powerhouse for your WordPress site. Lightning fast load times, rock solid uptime, and a user-friendly control panel. Whether you're a WordPress newbie or a seasoned pro, Hostinger has you covered. Ready to elevate your WordPress experience? Zoom over to hostinger.com AMS and use the promo code AMS to snag 10% off and claim your free domain transform your WordPress journey today. On with today's class. Hey, Marketing Rebels, it's Fabia, your Marketing BFF, and her teacher at All Marketing School, a modern school teaching you how to market to hearts. And together each week, we share freshest news, tactics, and insights that you simply can't miss and for the first time in 2024, I am joined by the one, the only, the inimitable, that's a word, Emma York. Hi, Emma. Welcome to February, everybody. How is February feeling? Is it feeling supple? Is it feeling rushed? I think it's going to feel a bit busy for you from the sound of it. Yes. I am feeling heavily moisturized, heavily hydrated, because I know that while there was 1 billion days in January. February is um, a big deal for me. Heading straight into the boat 
kind of show calendar of events. But yeah, it's going to be good. I know, I know. And actually that resonates with me so much. Like the, the January feel, I only had about 15 days of actual work in January. And I still felt that it was so long. And then I looked at February and I was like, it's already halfway through the month. And I think it really shows how for a lot of people, there's been a beginning of the year, there's been a bit weight in the waters and figuring out where we're really going to go. And now it's kind of stepping back and being able to, I think, consolidate a bit more all the plans. Whereas January felt a bit like, welcome to 2024. Do you know what you want to do? Do you know where you want to go? And there's been a lot of people like, you know, resetting and I think resetting the course as well, just to use a boating <laughs> analogy right there, <laughs> just because we are in theme. Emma, it's the first time that we're back. So I have a question for you. What's been happening? What has been happening in the marketing world that has been jumping out to you for the first time in 2024? Tell me all. Tell me the tea, I should say, uh, given that it's on brand. Spill the tea for me. I'm ready to spill it heavily so much. And I could have come to you with 20 different things to talk about today, but one that I want to talk to you about and get your opinions and really raise the roof on this conversation is LinkedIn Verified. Do we need it? Why is it a thing? What is happening? Who is, what I would like to know is, are you using it? My good friend and your friend, Ella Orr from Much More Social, has been talking about it on TikTok and this has sparked it, sparked it off for me. I have looked at it. I have had my ID ready three times to go and do it. And it's really making, it's giving me the heavy ick. And so I haven't done it. And I thought it was just me. But there's lots of people not doing it purely because of the I, the high-level ID that they want. So basically, LinkedIn verification, un, not unsimilar to the others. It comes with a special tick, you know, whether that means something to you or not. It's a monthly payment, but they want a government-level ID. So we're talking about people in the UK passports so like your top tier gold level id the one you don't you know ever want to give to anybody and in other countries it's you know it's that that level of, of id and and it has to go through a third party so this it comes with a double-edged sword for me not only do they want my passport but it's got to go through someone else so fab do you have it and how do you feel about it? excellent question i actually had Less of an ick when it came to the process of the ID verification. More the fact that I couldn't do it. I was trying. I was like, okay, I'm going to try. I was like, fine. Um, first and foremost, when it came up to me, there wasn't really a paywall. So maybe that has changed. Maybe that's included with this, like, then other things that you can get when you look at the premium side of things. And I was toying with the idea at first when he said, you can get verified. Uh, with your job sadly that said job is the only job that I'm allowed to is actually a guest teaching that I do for another company so I don't have an email tied to that job because that that company is actually not my company so I couldn't do it that way then the ID came up and I was like maybe I can do it this way and when I tried I tried and I was trying to find the right ID and I couldn't find it and then it couldn't work and as you said it was a third party and even more than the ick, I just, just give up from a user experience perspective. I just thought this is too much hassle for what it is. So I, um, what can I say? I abandoned it slightly. And then 
Today, I also want to talk about other things that are happening on LinkedIn. And I've seen so many of these new things that LinkedIn is adding and these new shifts that it's making. And what is interesting is that some people will really heavily advocate some of them. But then you also see some people just like Ella as well, which uh, has been sharing quite a lot on LinkedIn recently. Obviously, that's one of our big USBs. But I just find that then you're asking why, why, why am I doing this? Why would I do this? And how much of a difference does it make? So reflecting a question back to you now, why, why, if it were easier, let's put it this way, if it were easier and less icky, let's start with that big block that we have there. Why, why would you do it? Why would you say to a client, it's good that you get the verification? Because I think that's really important. What is the weight of that compared to not having it? Yeah, I think even if there wasn't a third party and it felt less ick, like the level of ID that they wanted, I would still be reluctant to do it only because I don't personally believe that the people that I want to connect with on LinkedIn and that I talk to there and engage with, they they already know me. I am ruthless when I connect with someone on LinkedIn. I will only ask for a connection after I've met them. Um, so I meet them at a networking event or at a show or out and about. I will then go, it was super lovely to meet you. Can we connect? I don't ever cold meet someone on LinkedIn and I don't ever allow someone to connect with me if I've never met them. So I am, I'm brutal. So I think when people have already met me, there's already that level of trust. They've met me in person. So that's how, what my connection is. That's why I use LinkedIn and that's how I use it. So personally for me, I don't, I don't think I need it. Um, And as Ella said to me, it's about building trust. And I believe the connections that I've made are all built on that anyway. So this is where I think there is an issue with the LinkedIn verification because yes, it might work for if you're trying to hold me a whole audience or specific people or, you know, CEOs or whatever. I think that that could be good. But I'm still struggling to work out whether everyone should have the other point that I'm gonna make, and I love that you mentioned this, is that even if we know that you are that person Obviously, you know, you have an idea that says you are Whippy the Cup, by the way. I have Whippy the little stuff toy in front of me, which you might have seen if you look at me on social. So I'm looking at Whippy and I'm calling it Whippy the Cup. I'm Whippy the Cup. It says it on my ID. If you are Whippy the Cup in your job, poor Whippy, it's still to cold message people about your, I don't know, 10K a month agency trying to recruit new clients without building connections. Even if you're verified, it Maybe you're not a bot and that's that, but it doesn't still mean that you cannot act in a way that doesn't really feel trustworthy. I don't know if I'm making sense. I think there's an element of just because you're Wi-Fi doesn't mean that you're not going to come into my DMs and like attack me with, would you like to have a chat tomorrow, today, next week? And I was like, no, no, I don't. And that's the problem. I love that you mentioned how strict you are with your connections on LinkedIn in a way. We were talking to Gus on the pod about this, actually. And just finding the balance and not, um, for some of us, we don't realize that there is one element of LinkedIn that is the power that we are still a bit more selective with the people that we interact. People can still follow you now on LinkedIn, but when you connect with somebody, which is obviously more than just the follow, you actually both chose to have that conversation. And I think that, as you say, already built trust in itself. If I'm bringing you into my world, please don't come to me just to pitch me for for a service because I don't know you 
And I think we forget about the shift that is different from Instagram or TikTok or other places. So I love that you mentioned that as well. And I think that already kind of builds to the trust piece. So in my, just like yourself, I would say you can if you want to. And I think there's something to be said about if you look at verification, how it used to be in the old days on any other platform. I preferred it that way in a way that if you are a public figure, and I'm talking about, like, let's go with, me with politics even, just because this is the year of politics. Yay. But then I understand, you know, I want to know that the person that is sharing their views or anything is the right person. If you are a writer, I would like to know that it's the real Stephen King. Uh, hail praise Stephen King. Uh, that is talking about X, Y, and Z. But for us, I think that should be the reasons why somebody gets verified. You get into a position that you have a big platform and therefore we just want to make sure that what you say is legit. That I can see it more. And yeah, it's a bit of a vanity thing when the blue tick in other platforms used to be cool. But then I understood it. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I think that's a good way. And then on LinkedIn, you want to make sure that it's the, the real person that is sharing their views. But when it becomes more of a just a blue tick for other reasons, I don't know if it sticks the same way. I, I completely agree. And that is how I always felt the blue tick. It started on Twitter, didn't it? And then, and then Meta had it. And you knew that if the Chris Pratt that was following you had the blue tick, it was more than likely, the, you know, the, it was the real guy. And that's, you knew people were legitimate or that in, Meta had decided that they were worthy of it. Twitter decided. And now the fact that you can do this for free or and there's options to verify yourself with a passport, you can still fake that, like you said, or you can be just a really ungenuine person using LinkedIn and you've verified yourself. That still doesn't mean they're not going to tell you that you need to be earning six figures. Which, God, leave me alone, please, in the in the DMs. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I think it just doesn't hit the same. Um, and so some people will just be like, don't need it. It doesn't matter. I'll still not connect with you, even if you're verified. So I still, I think they have a little way to go with it still. And that leads me to another point that I was thinking about. Thank you so much for bringing this as well, because I think it's really juicy because so many people say it's 2024, the year of LinkedIn. There's a lot of people that shifted on LinkedIn. And I'm going to say there's somebody here looking at Emma right now, actually did talk about this as a shift. So she did predict. So prediction hat was on and it was right. I know because my people are the best, but I'm just going to say that. You know, and because of that, I kind of wonder whether this verification is also tied in with the push for premium when it comes to LinkedIn. And that sparked a question within me, within my soul, to go and ask my own network, is premium worth it? And oh boy, oh boy, if I did not get some really juicy answers. In order to kick us off, I'm actually going to put up a little clip that was kindly offered to share this it was from one of the uh, UART media lunch clubs I believe that happened so I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check out your media and John was talking about LinkedIn in very different forms and uh, John is bearing again I'm going to put the link for John's in the show notes so you can check him out and he was answering the question is worth paying for LinkedIn and so I wanted to start with what he has to say now we'll hear your opinion now as well and then we'll kind of dig a bit deeper into some other people's opinions about whether we should go premium or not, because I think this is all tied together to give more oomph than the upsell the LinkedIn is trying to make. Let's hear it from John. Yes, 
Yeah, there's two kinds of LinkedIn premium. So there's career premium, which is actually quite cheap. It doesn't quite feature all of the things as business premium. And the one that most people just call premium is business premium, which is about £40 a month. And it will get you access to LinkedIn learning and it will get you these in-mails where you can message anyone, well, up to 15 people a month completely for free, even if you're not connected with them. Um, and yeah, you show a little gold badge on your profile. And But it doesn't... What it doesn't do, a lot of people say, is it worth paying for? It doesn't get you a better profile. doesn't get you any better comment, content. doesn't make your comments any better. doesn't get you any algorithmic visibility. doesn't mean your DMs are any better. So you can still do all of those things completely for free. And I got to, I think it was 34,000 members, 30 to 4,000 followers without paying LinkedIn a penny. I am now paying them, but that's more about optics than anything else. Like it looks weird for a LinkedIn consultant not to be a LinkedIn premium member. That's really the only reason. Other than that, I don't actually, I wouldn't actually need it to run my business. I could do it for free if I wanted to. I'm obsessed with the fact that you were nodding a lot. <laughs> so now, especially at the very end, Emma was nodding a lot. Did they speak to you, especially their final bit? John Asperian is fantastic, but that was just very quick, just nail on the head of value. He is just spot on. Yes, you can absolutely pay for all of all verifications you can pay for now. It doesn't mean anything. It means you have money. That's all that that means. And yes, with the LinkedIn one, it does mean that you can have an almost unlimited amount of emails, which is the messaging, which can be really useful. If, uh, so I'm just going to stop right there. He was absolutely right. I don't personally have it. I don't, I don't personally feel there's any value for me personally to use it. So I've never paid for it. However, some of my clients do. In recruitment, because of the emails and the job search, for that it is exceptional for and it is worth the money. But you're right. If you have sonky content and you're horrendous in the DMs and you're still trying to upsell the six-figure life, you can still do that and it have the gold badge and the verified badge and it still doesn't mean you're a genuine, trustworthy person. So he's absolutely right. There is some epic upsides to it that don't apply to me, but do apply to others. And I love that this is actually what came back as a bit of feedback from all the people that I asked. One of the funniest things was getting most people that are very active on LinkedIn. And I get to some of the points that Ella made as well, because she gave me some notes as well. Uh, Ella or who was in the podcast as well, just saying, so just in case you remember the name. And everybody says no, like no, but, you know, and then there was the caveat of John mentioned as well, but it was so funny because everybody said no, but <laughs> even Gus, we shall get to Gus. Less Gus is always amazing. He also gave us lots of value. So read exactly what he, what he sent to me on LinkedIn. But at first, when I made the ask in the comments, it just wrote, too long, didn't read? No, <laughs> but I'll share more. And I think that's a great point. Like Mark Masters as well from You Are The Media, who kindly, uh, you know, gave us the option to share the quote, also said, you know, I don't pay for premium because I get what I need, which is kind of what we talked about as well and what you just said. And Ella, obviously being you know, a consultant, especially with that LinkedIn lenses to what she does. She mentioned that obviously for her, it makes sense because they're a main social platform. And so she wants it to work for her as much as possible. But what she has noticed, which I found super interesting, is that 
LinkedIn is starting to incentivize payments if you want extras. So I've seen it done as well. And she mentioned this example of reducing slowly the amount of personal notes you can add to connections, which is my kryptonite because I, I only connect with people if I can add a personal note. Now I find a sneaky alternative, which is basically commenting on somebody's post if I follow them first and just get a couple of comments and then doing the, if I cannot do a personal note. But little things like that LinkedIn has been doing and that, and it's a clear sign of that slight shift is LinkedIn, I think, is appreciating that it needs to make itself the platform to be when it comes to building professional um relationships but what it has found is an issue is that it's still hard to find a reason for people to pay for LinkedIn and so when you see all of these premiums actually by asking people why are you LinkedIn premium are you LinkedIn premium as Emma mentioned as well I heard people saying well my job pays for it or I'm on a legacy of a legacy of a legacy plan there are so many things that we don't realize but what has been interesting is that I've seen so many people now that appear as premium that I didn't see before. And that I think was the the pause for me. And I wanted just to obviously give this answer to this question to our students as well, because I think it's really important. Is it, okay, what's going on? <laughs> Do we actually need LinkedIn premium or not? And I'm going to reflect back to you with your thoughts before I get to some of the things also Gus had to say. But I'm also going to ask you one question. Have you also noticed more people having the premium badge? Or is it literally just me? All of my connections have decided to have premium. I just found that I couldn't see that many before. And now there's been more and more people with that. Super interesting. I can't say that I've noticed. What what I have noticed is in in my circles, in my uh, connections, there aren't very many that have it, that pay for it. I know there's quite a few that don't. And I can't say that I've noticed a whole stream of more. What I have noticed is a lot more people using LinkedIn a lot more, which, as I said, back in 2023, that was inevitable. But no, I actually haven't seen an increase in premium in, in my connections. What I found mega interesting about John's quote was the fact that he got to a point and he felt he needed to buy it because he felt he needed the badge to help elevate his own uh you know, title as a, you know, a, a LinkedIn expert. That to me is super interesting because while I would like to be known as a top voice for helping businesses use Instagram and things, I will not buy the badge. I've tried it. I bought it for 12 weeks. It, it meant nothing to me. It took my money and quite literally gave me nothing. So it's interesting to me that he felt he should buy it. it that's just, that's pretty cool. That was also a point that really made me pause as well, because I found, as you say, really, really interesting. And it kind of also shows as, you know, as you're embedding yourself into one of the platforms, just like courses or certifications, obviously, we'll know something, well, a thing or two about certifications, by the way, uh, we'll get to that at the end. But I think it's really interesting to see how that is really shifting the perception for some people. And when I was asking Gus about this as well, him also being the number one LinkedIn trainer in the UK, according to his mom, I will always remember that. Not only because I mentioned it the other week, but because it's, it's the best introduction ever and tagline ever. But he was breaking it down and he said, because it's around 40 to 50 pounds a month and you just get exactly what John mentioned. He said, the LinkedIn free account doing so much already 
the premium is not worth it because the little things that you can see, it's not a huge addition. However, if you want to really go for it, so it actually gives one extra thought and you really want to invest in LinkedIn, then you might as well look at the sales navigator option, which is more. It's not 40 to 50, 60 to 70 pounds a month, goddammit. Um, but he said because of the proper lead generation tools that he has, he wrote all or nothing, baby, <laughs> which is very good. Um, and I think that was really interesting. He said, well, in this case, then if you use it for that, if you use LinkedIn as a revenue generator tool and you want to really imbue that kind of next level relationship building, that might be something to look into. And I really, really found it interesting. And that might be actually what we forget. There is different layers to it. But I think LinkedIn could do, just if LinkedIn needs feedback, could do a better job at actually breaking down that because it's very unclear. Because I was interested to understand, okay, what actually do you get and what's the difference? And it didn't really share the value perceived in the best way. It might be that that's the problem. As you say, there is not much more to get and to gain out of it, a bit like Instagram and all the others. But I think it's going to be really, really interesting kind of going forward and that's going to shape up as well. And one more thing I want to share with you. I want to give us a little lesson action moment. Uh, I just want to tell you one little practical thing that you can do and try out for yourself. And instead of giving us something to do, I'm going to give you an actual tool to look at. That is complimentary for your LinkedIn efforts and they're absolutely love. And I'll put the link in the show notes. We are also affiliates and partners. I also want to say that because for, for clarity purposes and transparency purposes, but I use it too. And it's called Break Cold. I don't know if you've heard of it, Emma. I have never heard of it. So Break Cold, we actually have a podcast episode I should mention uh, that I can definitely put in the show notes with Arnold, who's uh, the founder. And the platform shifted hugely since then. So it's even better. But the reason why I like Break Cold and I genuinely use it myself is because it's a mix between CRM and also, I have to say, I guess kind of social connector so it has a way for you to build lists on different social platforms so if you actually wanted to use a crm that is mainly social and it has an element of messaging people and emailing people as well but it ties in with people's social networks so that you can have a lead that includes the linkedin the twitter as well if you still do that thing even instagram i think right now and you can even see a curated feed of the list of people that you have in your lead generation Break cold is amazing. And that's why I recommend it. That's why I was like, well, we're definitely going to start talking about it more. And we became affiliates because I love it and I use it all every single day. You can, what I love is that you can have extension on your browser and then you can save people into break calls straight from LinkedIn. You can then match it with their emails as well. And the reason why I love it is because then you can build lists and you can actually see a feed of these specific people like goddamn Twitter used to have TweetDeck and the curated lists, which we both loved a lot. And now it does no more. So it's a really, really nifty tool. It's not for everybody necessarily, but I find that actually I use LinkedIn so much for relationship building and opportunities with people that it helps me keeping track of them without having an extra CRM. So I just wanted to mention that as kind of a really great tool. And the lesson in action, I wanted to give you a tool to look at instead of yet another thing to do today. Aside from obviously make up your mind about whether you want or not to go premium on LinkedIn. And if you are premium on LinkedIn, do let us know because I would love to hear what are you getting out of it too. I'm going to ask you one more question as well. When it comes to building relationships on LinkedIn, 
How do you see 2024 being for you? I mentioned that for me, it's a bit more structured. There is a structure I kind of check in on people. I know what I'm connecting with them for. Even if it's in three months, I'm going to reach out about something specific. I already know where we can fit together. So I have a structure and break cold is kind of my CRM for it. Do you have anything for that? Are you still just being more going with the flow when it comes to LinkedIn and building those relationships or you're mainly focused on people that you already know and it's a way for you to keep up with them like Twitter used to be for us in the old days? Ashamedly, I'm uh, on the, what is it today, the 7th of February recording this. I'm ashamedly just kind of still winging it, unfortunately. I am absolutely not an expert on LinkedIn and I know I need to do better for me. But um, I think a, a massive priority for me is not necessarily even growing my connections, is diving into my connections. So people that I have, and I've got some wonderful hundreds and hundreds of people, and it's lovely to have those connections. And it is about reconnecting with them. Somebody I met at Digital Women last year or someone that I met at a boat show. And it's about keeping those connections going, not just being another person that they're connected to that I'm like a ghost. So I think it is much more about me use, using DMs in a really meaningful way to elevate connections rather than just racking them up and getting getting thousands more. I think that's more important for me this year. And I think that's actually where a lot of people I see are now waiting their way when it comes to LinkedIn because so many platforms we went from the last couple of years where we felt the pressure to grow and then there was less pressure to grow, but there was still pressure to engage. And you know, it's finding that balance between understanding that I think LinkedIn as a platform is pushing itself for that growth, realizing that now they can become more of a prominent platform. And it's then on us to understand how we want to make the most of it, which is something that, again, Gus in the podcast mentioned a few times. So if you want to check out the episode, go into the show notes and, and listen after this, because I think it's really interesting. I think our approach on LinkedIn we can still go back to some of the things that Emma and I mentioned multiple times, which is what we think we should do on the, any platform. Am I mostly bringing brand awareness? Am I mostly engaging with my peeps? Am I engaging with my clients even mainly and celebrating them? Whatever that might be, I think is a good time if you are dipping your toes in LinkedIn to ask, what am I doing? How am I doing it? And what are the best tools for me to use as well? I think that's one of the big things that we need to remember. Team, it has been a pleasure. It has been the first time. We, we really do a bit on, on LinkedIn. Let us know what you thought. And also let me know if you would like to hear more little nuggets from other people. Obviously, this was a bit of a, a we would have been lent <laughs> a little bit of a snippet from your other media, which I'm really appreciative for. Then let us know if you want me to, or us to dive deep more into some of these questions and bring other people's voices there that we can comment on. Always happy to experiment and explore. That's what we're about, as Emma would attest. If people want to check out what you're up to in the next couple of weeks, which I know are going to be busy, but I'm sure they're going to be filled with social media goodness, where should they go? every Friday they can find me popping up here there and everywhere on Instagram for tea and tip um, but if anyone is in the Birmingham area between the 15th and the 18th of February I'll be at the NEC so on a show that's in its third edition it's called Boat Life so if you're hearing this and it's still not that late uh, pop into the NEC come and say absolutely love that I told you I'm always going to be busy oh and we're busy too before I leave we are busy because we opened the applications for our sixth, I'm trying to make the math. Is that sixth or seventh? I should know that. Cohorts of all marketing school. I know it's been a few. Sixth. Okay, my brain works. 
three years now. It's been our birthday. It was our birthday last week. So three years of all marketing school, six course, eight weeks of magic together. If you want to find out more about the curriculum for this cohort, what's included, what we are doing, and how to get involved, go to amschool.click slash learn. I repeat, amschool.click slash learn to join us for the upcoming cohort in April. But obviously, before that, we'll be back, before you know it, with more insights, more goodness, more ha-has, all about marketing and all the good and bad things in the online world. So be kind to yourself and others. And remember that true marketing speaks to hearts, not just to minds. And until next time, class dismissed.